Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 26 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, if you've got lots of interests and have had a hard time nailing down that one thing you should be doing, well, this episode of Reinventure Me is just for you. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And Armin Asadi. Welcome back, Armin. Thank you, sir. It's Armin, good to be back. Armin was gone last week. He went down to Honduras on a missions trip. Yes. Crazy, crazy, crazy trip. All right. Well, what did you do? Well, one, it's good to be back in America where you can flush <laughs> you toilet. kiss the soil. <laughs> yes, where, it's where you can flush toilet paper down the toilet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you don't have bucketfuls of used toilet paper next to you. <laughs> it's a little... Nice. Mm. Well, what were you doing down there? Um, well, it was two-part trip, uh, one-part missions where we go out and do what we do as the organization that I'm mm-hmm. part of. And then uh, the other part was just... Uh, intense very very intense uh training um well i don't want to get into it but yeah it was very intense training 12 hours a day non-stop wow just and you you came over and and told me that you don't want to eat a northern tortilla right oh so gosh, you gotta... if i see refried beans or a tortilla again i'm gonna punch <laughs> myself in the face every well, I, day you know I was, I was a little bit worried about you last week because as you were gone i was reading a report about honduras it's the number one uh, murder mm-hmm. state in the world. Yeah, that's why we go there. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so that well, we learned that that's kind of the whole reason behind us going there is we pinpointed the most dangerous area. We're like, well, that's a good place to go for a mission trip. Well, with your background, yeah, is leading a crime syndicate. Probably, you know, you had this yeah. this whole this whole thing all mapped out already. It's, right? a, it's a funny thing um, how effective my 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 testimony. It's a fun story in America mm-hmm. for people, but when I'm in Honduras and I share that testimony because it's it's basically ran by drug lords down there. Mm. Um, I mean, they run the government. You know, I mean, they're not in government, but they definitely yeah. run the government. Um, well, whatever. I won't get too much into it. They could identify with your story. Yeah, I mean, when I'm down there, the ability I have to evangelize is it's extreme compared to here. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll go into a room of, uh, let me give a real numbers here. Last time we went, had a room of 230 people. Mm-hmm. You had about 180 people give their lives. Wow. You know, where, where it's actually effective. It's not an interesting story. Yeah. It's, it's not entertainment. It's yeah, real. It means something yeah. to them. Oh, where in America, great. it's an interesting story. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so. Well, as good and fruitful of a trip as that sounds like it was, I'm glad to have you back. Oh, good. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Can't stay there too long. <laughs> and for those of you who might be joining this show for the first time, if you want a little background on Armin's adventure in his own life, 
uh, go back to episode one and you will hear uh, Armin's testimony about his own life of being in in a uh, leading a crime syndicate and then coming back and and finding uh, himself leading a church. So <laughs> it's quite a Big quite show. a transition. And this show is all about transitions. It's really about what's next in life. And we always ask the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? In that voice. In that voice. <laughs> exactly That's in that exactly voice. exactly how I ask what it every time. Want to be? We ask, what do we want to be when we grow up? We want to help you discover your next great beginning. And, and this show is really all about that. Today we're going to talk about how many interests that you have. You might be a multi-talented person. You might have just a whole range of interests. And I meet so many people like this, I think because I are one. I are one. And I think you are one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so Armin and I are here. And if you have find yourself having so many varied interests that you have a hard time figuring out what you're supposed to do, what your next great transition is going to be like, this is the show for you. Because this is what we're going to talk about today. Armin and I have a lot of experience in, uh, in going through this. Of course, if you listen to episode one, our, our mean story, you already know all the different things that he's done in his life. And, and he's got 20 years less than I do to go. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to just encourage you in today's episode. You'll find the show notes at reinventure.me slash 26, because this is episode 26. And we're going to start right off as we always do, or usually do, with an Inspire Me quote. This one is from the one and only Thomas Edison. He said, if we did all the things we're capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Mm. Which is true. Yeah. I really think it's true. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I astound myself doing all the things that I'm incapable of doing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you try. Hey, I give you credit for that. Well, you know, Thomas Edison is a really interesting character as our poster child, really, for the discussion that we want to have. Yeah. Because um, Armin and I were both looking at his to-do list. And uh, there was one dated uh, January 3rd, 1888. And some of the stuff on this to-do list, Armin, pull out some of the things that that he had on his to-do list. (laughs) I don't know if we're ready for this. So he was going to invent a new cotton picker, Mm -hmm. new standard phonograph. Yeah, because that's related to a cotton picker. Absolutely. <laughs> Electric piano. Oh, dear. Deaf apparatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, motograph mirror. Mm. I still don't know what that is. Yeah, we have four of them in the garage. I don't use them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what they are either. Artificial cable, snow compressor, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, snow compressor would work here in Minnesota, wouldn't it? We could get a lot from that. It's called me by walking. Yeah, that's. those are just, what, six or seven or eight items. Yeah. And there were pages of totally disparate things yep. that Thomas Edison was working on. Completely unrelated items. Uh, well, there were a few related items, yeah. but largely speaking, they spanned the the gamut. You yeah. would go, what would cause somebody to connect those dots? Now, we, yeah. of course, we know Thomas Edison was a great inventor, mm-hmm. but he had a, a wide variety of interests. Yes. And now maybe you're also feeling like, you, maybe you're no Thomas Edison, but you might think hey, I have a lot of interests, and I, and I don't know where to begin. I don't know what thread to pull on. And maybe you've even thought of yourself in a little bit of a pejorative way. Maybe you're thinking about yourself as a jack-of-all-trades and really good at none, uh, that you just really like to to have variety. And maybe that's a little bit disturbing to you, that you feel like maybe at whatever age you are, you should have figured it out by now. And maybe there's somebody that's saying, hey, you know what? Uh, you'd be a lot better off if you just picked a lane and did something with your life. Which is probably not uncommon. Oh, I have a lot of friends and 
a lot of times when I uh, feel that way myself. Mm-hmm. You know, back in episode 15, Armin and I talked about uh, how to create your personal mission statement. And we talked about the difference between being a generalist and a specialist. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about today is maybe you find yourself in this generalist role. You find yourself with a lot of interests in maybe using the words that Barbara Sher uses in her book, I Can Do Anything If I Only Knew What It Was. You might refer to yourself as a scanner <laughs> versus a diver. Yeah. And a scanner is one that looks... And gets interested in a lot of different things, and a diver is one who likes to specialize. It's just another way of saying generals versus specialist. Mm-hmm. But back in episode 15, I mean, you and I talked about them in a, using a little bit of different nomenclature, that while it, it's not as snazzy as scanner or diver, right. I think it's a it's more encouraging. And the, the words that we used were horizontal mastery or vertical mastery. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you can be a master in things that are have a broad variety of application. Yeah. And I think Thomas Edison was definitely that. He yeah. had of course he was an inventor, but his mind and his creative energy and all of what he did explored a whole gamut of things. Mm-hmm. Now we may not be as far as advanced as Thomas Edison, but I think that's largely not because of our capability. Looking at what he said, if we did all the things we're capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Yeah. I think the difference between him and many of us who have a wide variety of interests is we beat ourselves up more mm-hmm. about the things that we have interests in by having so many interests, right. or we beat ourselves up because we have so many interests right. that we don't apply ourselves the way he did. Yeah. So I read this article not too long ago, and it was talking about basically what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, it, was, it, it was a person weighing out what is it like to be a jack of all trades versus someone who is actually mastering something. Mm-hmm. He made a really good point in this article where he's talking about um, studying a wide range of subjects and learning different skills mean that we'll be able to develop unique ways of looking at the world where a lot of times we look at that as a negative thing. But to your point of Thomas Edison, um, unique perspectives are really important. In fact, isn't innovation the thing that we get from having uh, unrelated ideas or having different perspectives come together? Isn't that a part of innovation? Isn't that the beginning of invention? Yeah, really. I think the reason Thomas Edison was so creative was because he allowed himself to be so. Right. He allowed himself the variety of interests that he had. He had no problem with being a better beginner, trying out new things. We talked about that back in episode number six. Right. And when you allow yourself the freedom to look at different things and explore different things, Mm -hmm. it opens yourself up to making connections that you might not otherwise see. Right. Often times, though, we chastise ourselves, though, because we're not like other people. And back in episode 15, we talked about this, we mentioned that this is a relatively new phenomenon that happened since 1950, that we've increased the degree of specialization in America. So everything is specialized, you know, especially mm-hmm. see it in the healthcare industry where you have a physician for everything and general practitioners have pretty much gone by the wayside. Yep. So now if you want to make money, you specialize. Mm-hmm. So the tighter the niche, the more value it's seen to where, you know, some of it is just absolutely ridiculous. You have an right. eyelash specialist or something. Oh, you know? I hope that's not a real thing. <laughs> well, it might be. <laughs> I actually heard about a job. At uh, at Frito Lay, who was a potato chip tinsel tester, so he checked the what he checked the tinsel strength of a potato chip to see whether it would stand up under the dip. Uh, now I don't know if that's real or not, but oh I gosh. think they do actually perform tests on the strength of potato chips. So imagine 
telling somebody that's <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the world's expert in potato chip tinsel strength testing, you know. <laughs> that's sad. But, you know, one of the things that, that happens when you have a wide variety of interests is that you, you can feel out of place. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about how do you know if you are a scanner, or I'd like to put it in this term, how do you know if you're on the road to becoming a horizontal master? And I think that's a much more positive way of looking at it. Well, first of all, uh, you probably have many seemingly unrelated interests. You might even have multiple proficiencies. I mean, when I did a dream intensive, in fact, it was the first dream intensive I did. One of the participants came because he was really confused about what to do next in his Mm. life. And he had so many interests. And so we started talking about it. We got out a whiteboard, actually, and we just put big circles around his interests. So the bigger the circle, the bigger the interest, right? But the big circles, he had lots of circles on this whiteboard. Hmm. But the big circles were fishing. Mm -hmm. He lived in northern Minnesota, and he was there because he wanted to fish. Children, working with kids, loved working with kids. Hmm. Uh, Photography, quite accomplished uh, photographer. and. Music. He was quite accomplished uh, uh, musician and wrote a number of songs. Wow. So how do we put all that together? Right. You know, and over the course of the Dream Intensive, we actually found uh, a way in which he could combine those things hmm. and look at them in, into a project. And so he he start he set out to create a a children's program, a children's fishing television series program, which is pretty cool. Wow! But it was a way to integrate his various interests. That's really cool. It is cool and. If you are a scanner or a horizontal master or a generalist, you're mm-hmm. probably going to have lots of interests, and yeah. they may seem unrelated. But the second thing or attribute is that you might quickly lose interest or get anxious when you're pressed to choose one or to go deep in an area. Yeah. Uh, you that's, find that true? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's that was one of my biggest issues with certain jobs I would take on. They would give me a certain role. And I would take it on. I'd be super excited. I'd get stoked. I'd take it on. I would put, ton, I mean, 80 hours, 90 hours a week into it because it was new. It was exciting. It was a big problem to solve. It was a brand new thing to build. And then six months in or three months in, once it's built, then I'm just kind of maintaining. Mm-hmm. And I lose all interest. Mm. I have no desire to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not challenging anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I can show up 10 hours a week and accomplish the same thing, but I'm still required to be there 40 hours a week. And it's just, I can't handle it. Yeah, it lost the value to you. Right, which immediately diminishes my value because it changes my attitude. Right. It, you know, there's obviously, there's an effects that come afterwards. It's a domino effect. Yeah, and it's time then for you to look at moving on. Yep. Yeah. Or else yeah, for they're sure. looking at me moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you might lose interest quickly or, or get anxious if you're pressed to move into one thing. The other thing is you might feel scattered or disorganized or lacking purpose. You ever say to yourself, what am I here for? I don't know that I have any <sighs> any good talents. I mean, what what is it that I'm actually good at? Yeah, you know? tell me about if that. If you find yourself asking that question, it could be that really what you're good at or intended to be good at is to integrate lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And that might be you're on the path to being a horizontal I master. always feel scattered. <laughs> no, I, because some, you have a lot of interests. Yep. And I, and I think, I, well, I know what the resource is, but um, what you're about to give is going to be really helpful. Because I've, I've never, you've never showed it to me until today, mm. but later on when you show it, yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll probably be the first person to download it. <laughs> All right. Well, you're getting ahead of us here. Yeah. But uh, the fourth thing that you might find that if you're, 
if you're feeling like you might be a horizontal master or or a scanner, as Barbara Sher would say, you might feel out of place, like you're defective, like something is wrong with you. And that just creates a lot of self-doubt and insecurity, and you start beating yourself up. Now, if those are symptoms of horizontal mastery, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, so in order for you to move down this path of horizontal mastery, I want to suggest five things. First of all, that you embrace your design, that you are made, and I mean, you and I are both this way, and I can say with some confidence because I've had to go through this own period of uh, recognizing this in myself and embracing it, that I am no more defective than a specialist. You know, I may not be able to say, hey, I, I can do frontal lobe brain surgery, right. you know, but I can say something about helping people find their venture, helping embrace that, and looking, in fact, the very thing that I enjoy doing almost requires that broad perspective. Hmm. And so that's an attribute that is a, a positive value. So embracing that, and one of the ways that you can embrace that is to stop seeing yourself compared to other people who are highly specialized and get together with people who, like Armin and I, are also horizontal masters mm -hmm. and encourage each other, celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, don't use it as a time to uh, mope and groan and, and bemoan the fact that you guys haven't figured out what you're going to do, mm -hmm. but find the creativity that another person expresses and help them build onto that. Yeah. Find that that would be a great way to embrace your design. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot more people out there that have horizontal mastery versus vertical mastery um, that we just don't realize it because I think society has forced so many people to become vertical masters because society's basically told us there is no way to success. There is no place for you in this world if you're not a vertical master, especially in our society where we assume that everybody is like that, a majority are like that. And I don't think that's true. I think it's... Oh, I think you're right. And I think it's one of the reasons why there's such high job dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. But I also believe it may not be in the next five years, but I think it might be in the next 10 mm -hmm. where you'll start seeing that trend reverse itself. Well, you're already seeing it in healthcare because my business is in healthcare. Mm -hmm. I can already tell you based on whatever laws and regulations that are being passed, you're gonna you're going to start seeing that in healthcare for sure. You're gonna see a higher pay for generalists yeah. versus specialists. Yeah, so if you find yourself to be a generalist, hang in there because more pay is coming your way. That's <laughs> yeah, a true fact. It's so first of all, embrace your design. Second tip we'd have for you to get down the horizontal mastery road is to find the commonalities and connections. Now Barbara Sher in her book a Refuse to Choose, which is the follow-up book to her popular I Can Do Anything If I Only Knew What It Was, had a very helpful metaphor, I thought, when I was looking at this for myself and trying to figure out what was going on for me. She talks about a bumblebee. And, you know, she says, if you observe what a bumblebee does, it moves from flower to flower to flower. Hmm. Now, it isn't being distracted. It's purposefully moving from flower to flower to flower. In other words, it leaves a flower when it's got what it needs from that flower, which mm. is the nectar. And once it's received the nectar from that flower, it moves on to another flower. It's not being purposeless. It's being purposeful. Mm. And so her advice is find your own personal nectar. Mm. So when you find yourself doing a task and then leaving it or a job and leaving it and doing something else, like you said a few minutes ago, after a time, you, it just drains you. Mm -hmm. This because... 
you got your personal nectar. You were ready to move on. Mm-hmm. You needed to go get the nectar from somewhere else then. Right. And when you can find out what that is, when you discover, look back at all the times when you said, okay, my energy for doing this has way gone down. What was it that I got originally that I'm not getting anymore? That might be the very thing that you see is the commonality and the threat. Hmm. And my good friend, Jack Nicholson, who's on our leadership team. The man's a uh, genius. The man is a genius. And one of the metaphors he used with me as he was talking to me about my trying to integrate some of my own skill sets, mm-hmm. is he said, you know, Larry, I want you to think about the pieces of your talent set as like elements of a nuclear weapon. Easy with the nuclear stuff. I'm Iranian. And listening. <laughs> well, I know. I probably shouldn't say nuclear <laughs> weapon. I actually said, I think I prefer nuclear power plant yeah, there we as go. opposed to something so yes. destructive. Yes. And that's, of course, what the Iranians would say anyway, right? <laughs> well, it's only a power plant. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so consider it to be a nuclear power plant. But he says, think about it. All those pieces are just laying there right now. When mm-hmm. you assemble it, it will be very powerful. Yeah. That's the piece that you need to think about with the way you're designed. Right. Think about them as components yep. that are seemingly disparate. But when you put them together and you find the commonality and you start to embrace that, it doesn't mean you're a specialist, but it means you're putting together the variety of interests that you have in a very compelling way. How ironic is that is the same advice that you gave to that gentleman at your dream intensive Mm -hmm. and help him put his fishing, photography and children and all that stuff together. You had to get that same advice. That's right. Exactly right. And that is an application of putting together the nuclear power plant. Uh, Exactly. Hmm. And I hadn't thought about it until you pointed that out. So good good (laughs) observation there. That's what I'm here for, Larry. Third third thing on the road to horizontal mastery is to act on something. You know, oftentimes when we feel like we're defective, there's something wrong with us because we haven't figured out what we want to do yet, we don't want to really do anything because we feel like if we start down a road we know we're not going to stay with it for a long time, so why start? Yeah. And then you just huddle in, and you don't do anything. Yeah. Well, when you do nothing, you learn nothing. Exactly. And so get out, even if it's just to try it until your nectar has been satisfied. Mm-hmm. Act on something and find, what, find out what you learn from I think from that's it. such a crucial point. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I really don't want to skim over this part, because I think there's way too many people that spend very little time on the action side because their fear of failure or fear yeah. of not liking it or fear of whatever. Well, and somehow we've got tuned to this notion that we have to figure out what we want to be when we grow up before we do it. Yeah. And and that's not how you figure that out. No, it's, it's <laughs> you know? really not. Which yeah. is why we keep saying you always have to ask the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. And we play <laughs> Mickey Mouse music in the background as we do. But it's, 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 I, I really think it's important. I, you can have many interests, you can have many ideas, you can come up with innovations, but you have no idea if something that you want to even do. But as soon as you step into it, you start applying it, you start putting activity behind it rather than just sitting there thinking about it at mm-hmm. nights, you'll find out really quickly. Yeah. If it's something you want to do, if it's something that you want uh, you want to walk away from, and knowing it's not something you want to do is actually a very great feeling. And that leads us right into number four. Oh, it does. If you maintain margin... You can assess and adjust what's going on. Break that down for me. Well, that's here. The idea is when you have so many interests, you might be over-inclined to say yes to so many things. So that's the opposite problem of not doing anything. Right. Now you're saying yes to everything. Right. And so if you say yes to everything, 
Now you've succumbed to everybody else's agenda because you know what? Guess what? Mm-hmm. I love multi-talented people mm-hmm. because they say yes often mm-hmm. and they're capable of doing a lot of things. Right. But now they have succumbed themselves to my agenda. Yeah. And unless you maintain boundaries mm-hmm. so that you have personal margin, yep. so that you can sit and think and do the processing that you were just talking about to say, okay, what is them the nectar that I got from that? Mm-hmm. What is the connection that I have? How does that assemble with the other pieces? What am I enjoying about that? How can mm-hmm. I optimize that experience the next time around? If you don't take time for that, you're going to burn yourself out satisfying other people's agenda rather than figuring out what is the nuclear power plant that you're supposed to become. Right. You know, I like to think about this as a portfolio manager and I have a spreadsheet and I'll make this available as part of the show notes. You can download a template. And, and basically what I've done is I've taken the various streams of work in a large way, uh, large streams of work and I've, I've outlined them in uh, different columns. So I have a commercial column where my streams of commercial work are there, my multiple streams of business. And then I have a ministry segment, which are my multiple streams of ministry. And mm-hmm. in each of those columns, I indicate how much time am I allotting a month for that particular stream. And then what are the reasons I'm engaged in that stream? So what is that purpose for me engaging in that particular activity. Hmm. Then I look at what have been the positives that I've gained over the last year. What have been the negatives that I've seen, the things that I don't like Hmm. in terms of engaging in that kind of work. And then what are the changes that I want to make in the coming year? So this is all part of my annual planning. Mm -hmm. So I treat it like a portfolio because the only thing that we have to invest is our time. And all of us have the same amount of time. So if I look at the allocation of time that I have over the course of a month, and I break it into these various streams of activities, so instead of being haphazard about it, I'm being intentional about it and saying, I need to make some adjustments. I need to cut down this stream. I need to give this up in order to uh, do more in this other stream. And I don't know what that is unless I look at each stream independently Mm -hmm. and ask the question, what am I doing this for? What are the positives that have happened in the last year? What are the things that have been depleting me energy-wise that I don't like doing? Mm-hmm. And then what are the changes that I think I need to make going forward? So that's how I, I, I review that. And that's just all part of maintaining the margin and, and learning how to adjust. Right. Well, the last step that we have for you to travel down the road of being, becoming a horizontal master is simply this. Relax. You know, everything that you might think about doing doesn't need to be rolled into an occupation. Mm-hmm. You can do some things just for fun, make a hobby out of it. Yep. I think far too many of us think that we have to commercialize or monetize everything that we might find enjoyable. Right. And we don't. Yep. We can do plenty of things that feed us and fuel us and give us energy. And it's simply out of sheer enjoyment of it. It doesn't need to be turned into a business. Right. So find those things, embrace it as a hobby. I think a lot of people kind of connect the different things or different aspirations that they have or the many horizontal ventures that they're a part of. Um, They always tie it to a job or tie it to something that makes it financial or gives status or something like that. Because I just feel like it's somehow society is given a definition of what success is. And we've tied our interests to success. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't lead us 
to a some form of success that we have implanted in our head or incepted in our minds of what that is that somehow we should stay away from that or we need to find a way to make money out of it where in reality success isn't defined by one person or by one definition even yeah and it certainly isn't directly tied to money right i would tie it more to you know your vitality right you know are you you living a more vital life more energizing with your family the people that matter most to you I think a great definition of success that I heard once, success is when those who know you the best respect you the most. Hmm. And I can't think of a better definition than that. Yeah. And if you just think about how do you live out who you're made to be, then people who know you the best will respect you the most. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's time for our Challenge Me segment. So the challenge me segment is going to be based on the resource that Larry's giving. And this was my idea because this is something I want to use and I have never used it. And it would help me greatly because I am scattered. Well, that's great. Then you can report in on, on how it goes for you at the next show. Somehow I always give myself <laughs> homework assignments. So here's the challenge. This is, this, this is definitely for me. Um, but it's to download the portfolio spreadsheet and map it out for yourself. So... Uh, Larry, you're going to put it on the reinventure me website yep. for reinventure.me backslash 26. That's right. Show notes. And then it'll be in the show notes that it they will. can download. It'll it will okay, be in the so. resource section of the show notes. All right, perfect. So I'll go through the same process. I'll download it and we want everybody else to download it and just fill it out for yourself. I'll fill it out and I'll have an update by next week myself. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're out of time for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you find yourself being a scanner or a generalist, or as I like to call it, a horizontal master, we would sure love to hear from you. We'd like to hear about your experiences, uh, perhaps what you thought about the show, what are some of the other things that you would have liked for us to cover. And you can reach out to us at reinventure.me slash 26, get you straight to the episode show notes. You can leave a comment there. You can also leave a comment or question for us on our show line at 612 314 5447. Let your friends know about this podcast if you find it helpful. We sure are trying to get the word out about it, and we appreciate your your help in doing so. Well, until next time, this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi yeah, bidding you adieu. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>